Welcome to the Front Porch Theology Podcast. I'm Heather Cook, and I'm your host, and I'm here with... Jeremy Perry. And I'm Will. Welcome back, Jeremy. Hey, thanks. Good Jeremy, to be back. it's so good to see you. How was your tour? Um, It, it was okay. Yeah? Yeah. 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 How I went- did Jeff Bezos like your game? Uh, Were you not meeting with Jeffrey Bezos? I thought I was. With Amazon? Oh, uh, it's, I met with Jeffrey Bezos, which... Is is not oh, related. Who's that? It's not. It's just a guy that works at Amazon. Oh, yeah. It didn't. It didn't. He just. He works at a distribute the the place that distributes stuff. So I. It was just a little disappointing. I ended up driving to a distribution center out in Kansas, and anyway, it didn't turn into much. But, but yeah, my he took a copy, Mr. Jeff Bezos. Yeah. Well, yeah. hopefully he enjoys your board. Yeah, game. I hope he does. I hopefully he'll mention it around the like Amazon factory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure. I'm sure Jeff Bezos visits his Bezos. distribution center a lot of times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when he's not, you know, in space. Uh, that's true. Actually, no, I don't think he actually is even. I think he gave up his rights to the company. I don't think he's even president anymore. Bezos did. Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I think he did. When he I went to space. I don't. Yeah, think, right before that. I don't think anybody cares. It's true. They don't. They don't. Something. You know what they do care about? Uh, yeah. <laughs> what's that yeah uh, what what the people care about yeah what do they care about well they care about their coffee okay <laughs> and right, I now, we were going. right yeah. now my coffee's a little too hot to drink that's that's what this people care a about too hot to handle y'all didn't get me a cup of coffee that's okay though. <laughs> listen listen i would get you a cup of coffee but you would complain about the way it was you would say it was too strong too hot too whatever you no matter what you're not gonna like be heather does but Heather does it in a nice way. You do it in a mean and demeaning way. I do it through text message. I'm like, coffee tasting. You should have You know, no, Will, oh. Will, Will. <laughs> I'm, I'm upset GIF? about what's that? Did I send a fun GIF? No, you always send a funny GIF. Oh, okay. You're a fun GIF sender. Will has stopped responding to my GIFs, and he told me what he's doing. He oh. realized that when someone responds to my GIF, it only encourages me to send more GIFs. So he openly told me that he decided to stop responding to them, which I don't know. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what Baker and I do whenever you send. <laughs> but no, because here's the thing: like, we have a thread for the podcast, we have a thread for our church staff, we oh, have yeah. we have like all these different groups, and Jeremy and I are in a lot of them together because we work together <laughs> as pastors, and and so what happens is he gets in what I call like jiffy moods, <laughs> and when he's in a he, he's only got two speeds. He's in a jiffy mood, and he will blow up your phone until Jesus comes back, or he will not respond at all. It's what one kind of the other. was he in on that Sunday? On Sunday? Yeah. Oh, typically on Sunday, I don't respond to anything on the phone. Oh, he sent me yeah. a text, but he responded with a gif. So, oh, so I well, love I love communicating in gifs. Well, on Saturday, <laughs> I was trying fun. to have a family day and not oh, okay. not talk to Jeremy, and yeah. he got in a jiffy mood. <laughs> And he started sending like Oprah and tacos and Listen, all these gifs in the staff thread. That's a pretty People, good. No, I wasn't. And, it wasn't to nothing. I was responding to things. That's pretty good. Nah, it was. It was super annoying. No, listen. Baker says it was annoying. He, no, here's the issue. I would have appreciated. Here's what that they don't. Bill. Here's what they don't appreciate. It. You know what they do? What? It, it. It. It raises morale amongst the staff. We have two new staff members. And when I appreciate what they have to say with fun gifs, it it raises them around. It makes everyone laugh and have a good time. You think? Do you think they would feel that way if we asked them? They put LOL. So if they're not, then they're liars. Uh, 
Okay. I mean, I, I don't put LOL. I just put LOL. It. I, I I mean, you really send some good ones. Thank you. I listen. Uh, I actually think that my GIF skills are top notch. I try not so. even to repeat them. Really? Yeah, I have an amazing memory of which ones I've sent. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I. It, it is a. It is a. It could be a spiritual gift. My GIF Ooh, sending abilities. You know, I just told somebody my spiritual gift was the other day. I buy earrings at three o'clock in the morning and <laughs> accidentally add two to the cart instead of just one. And yep. then I gift them to a lady at church. That's the it gift really? of encouragement. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so that's what my that. gifts are. They're encouraging to some people. Some people don't appreciate, you know, my gifts, my spiritual gifts. I don't think Jason appreciates my spiritual gifts. Yeah. You know. Would you call it spiritual gifts? Spiritual gifts. Yes. That's good. That is good. That's good. Okay. So. I'm not sure what we were talking about before we well, nothing. got off on that. I'm talking about coffee, and oh. I was trying to set up the fact that we were uh, we cared about a question. Oh yeah, we had. Um, I, I set it up for you like on a on a tee, and you just whiffed it. We had a. And then um, I jiffed it. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. You got to give him that. I'm gonna leave. He's in. I'm. I'm just feeding the. You are. Today. That's, what, that's what happens. I'm so tired right now that you know how you get slap happy. So yes. I enjoy company listen, like this. Listen, I'm like I that. think that's why we both have coffees because we're both <laughs> tired and, and we're giggly. And he's over here like, can we just get to the questions? Um, so we have a listener who um, I usually ask him if there's anything he wants covered on the podcast just because he gives a lot of good feedback um, and he asks a lot of questions. And um, so we, we actually, something that was kind of... Um, didn't necessarily go with the last podcast that we went over. It was liturgy. Did you listen to that, Jeremy? I did. I loved it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so we talked about like how um, the liturgies of churches um, sometimes like for special, like for holidays, federal <laughs> federal holidays, churches will change their liturgy to reflect that holiday. So there America was liturgy, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's a song, um, "Battle Hymn of the Republic." The, it's one of my favorite hymns. The history of that, um, the history of that song, uh, doesn't have the best history, and ha- was rewritten. I guess you know, just uh, through the years, it was rewritten. Um, and we, we, he and I, uh, he had sent me a video, and he and I had talked about it. And you know, I just wanted to kind of tie that into. Do you, do you think that there should be um, liturgy for special holidays, like? You know, I, with the exception, I think, of Easter and Christmas, um, which are more... Well, those are Christian holidays. Right, that's what I was going to say. So They're like, more about celebrating our Christian, our faith yeah. and our, you know, our Christian... So when it comes to, like, the church calendar... Right, uh, it's, yeah. That's so one thing. Those are, with those two being the exception, mm-hmm. um, you know, do you think that there should be liturgy for, um, for holidays? No, I don't. Well, let me, let me give a little... Uh, a better answer. Um, so <laughs> I, I'm not saying that you're wrong completely, but 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 we do have liturgy for other holidays. Now, I would say that we do it in a biblical way. So when it comes to the Fourth of July, yeah, we don't have an Americana service. Get out of here! Just get out of here. We're not celebrating the America. Uh, Robert Jeffers would disagree with you. He what? would say you should celebrate America because well, God has. Shown his grace to you by letting you be born here. Okay, well, we can come back to that. That's the guy God in Dallas. Okay, well, I don't know. Oh, the guy that has the fireworks. Yeah, they have, a, they have fireworks and. Oh, that's yeah. nice. All right, so. so like, 
yeah, former they, presidents come speak or whatever. Um, <laughs> but but on Mother's Day, that's a holiday, and we definitely oh, man, observe moms. Yeah, but we, we but, do it in a biblical way. But the order, well, I don't know. So I I might disagree with you. So I don't the, think we do. So the liturgy, if you if yeah. you listened last week, the liturgy is the order. <laughs> Um, of the service and what happens? I don't. Yeah, and I don't. I don't know that on Mother's Day there is something in the liturgy of the service. So when we gave away flowers begin? before. We've like shown when, videos when people are walking in. We've what? We, we have, have shown videos. videos before. Shooting videos. We, <laughs> is that what you shooting said? Videos. We have shown. We've shown, shown, shown videos. I thought you said we shooting we videos. Shown, <laughs> we shooting videos. I'm trying to make my dialect <laughs> different because apparently when I write the liturgy, it's like old English. So I'm trying to get a little bit more in the times. Oh, he did listen. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. No, no there was okay. griping burned about me, it. didn't he? No, no, no. no. <laughs> I thought I thought it was funny, actually. Um, my actually, kids actually really enjoyed it. They were listening to it, too, and they asked if we could listen to another one of you all. And I'm like... <laughs> Benjamin did, too. One? He's like, what's the liturgy, Mom? Where's Jeremy at? <laughs> <laughs> no, but okay, so we've shown videos, but okay. So is it appropriate to occasionally have something that's not... I'll say gospel centered in your liturgy. Okay, but this this is where this is where I I don't think we disagree because I don't think honoring moms is an unbiblical thing and it's something I think we actually we're called to do. Whereas celebrating America is not something that we're ever exhorted to do. Or but it's not unbiblical. No, but it's not. It's there's no exhortation in Scripture to 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 do that. Whereas I think to what when it comes to moms to honor moms and there is and to point and that moms point to the the bride of Christ. I and can't they have, I can't believe I'm arguing for this side of it. But there is an exhortation to pray for your your governmental leaders. Absolutely, there's that that we that we pray for. If, if that's what we did on the Fourth of July, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. I have no problem. So, like, there are some minor altercations. As long as it's rooted in Scripture, I don't mind. If you start singing... Okay, so I think we would agree on that point. It's yeah. like, it, it needs to be rooted in Scripture, and it needs to be minor, yes. not major. But you don't yes. necessarily think we need to change the setup of, like, the worship or the sermon text. So, or... like, yeah, no. to, to have, like, the room decorated in Americana just honestly kind of grosses me out. Like but yeah, even on Mother's Day though, I wouldn't like we don't yeah we don't do anything. I mean we don't change the text. It's not like all right we're going to preach on. No, that's something I really appreciate yeah. about our church because I have mixed feelings about Mother's Day, and that's something we can talk about at a different time if you'd like. Um, I, I don't really care one way or another. Um, but I, so I appreciate that our church doesn't have a whole sermon devoted to mothers because yeah. there's so many people you leave out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so I love that we have just, you know, you all have always stuck to um, the plan. I mean, you all you all plan out um, a year in advance the um, books of the Bible you're going to cover. You know what passage of, of Scripture you're going to cover and everything. So I appreciate that we don't do that. What I don't, um, I, I think it's like, I think it's a little iffy if you change your worship to include patriotic songs i mean so i don't i don't like a, for for example when it says the, the major the minor i don't like on veterans day uh when they ask okay so this is gonna seem weird when they ask veterans, veterans to, stand to stand up, up right yeah now do i mind honoring veterans absolutely not uh i have no qualms with that whatsoever um but like i now this come understand where i come from on this i came i came from a church background where my dad went to church on veterans day so he could and dress up in his outfit, mm-hmm. so he could be noticed and and honored. Right. And I find that I find it kind of gross, right? Because I'm like, we're here to worship Jesus, 
and pay yeah. him honor. And there's nothing again. Okay, there's nothing wrong with showing honor to to right. And to we people. should, but we should. but the hour of worship on Sunday morning, like that's for a specific thing, it is. not right. for other things. Which, by the way, thank you for your service. <laughs> <laughs> Oh yeah, I've always I'm being thought, serious. Thank you. I've always thought too that um you know I I know that there probably are people and I know that it's a little personal for you you know I'm sure there are people who are like your dad who only sure. <laughs> who only go on Veterans Day, but I've al- I've always also thought you know like it may be a little awkward like I I'll, I'll go back to Mother's Day just because that's personal for me like there was a year when I had had a miscarriage and yeah. I should have been a mother that year and you know they have all the mothers stand up and be honored they they gave the pastor's wives flowers and Mm -hmm. i didn't get flowers Uh, that year um and i never got flowers before that um so you know i i think that it's just it's it's a like it's very sensitive like i see where the honor is and you know what i mean so but there's also just focus on jesus yeah if you just focus on jesus your liturgy is much healthier so anytime we've ever tried to honor women let's say on mother's day um, and though we don't do anything for Father's Day, we talked about putting screwdrivers in the back of the chairs and being like, hey, can you please help tighten the screws in the chairs? Like, Yeah, the tool, not the drink, yeah. by the way. <laughs> I would come that day. Take a drink and then do something mechanical. <laughs> uh, uh, no, we, but like it's always been, like even it's it's a, um, and we've whether it's been in the videos or whether it's been, we, we give all women who are of age to have children flowers. And I love that. Yeah, and and then and then we and then we try when we've done it to to bring it back to the gospel, even if it's like a lamenting thing for you. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I honestly, and I don't say this to toot your all's horns because you know that that's the opposite of what I like to do usually. Mm-hmm. Um, you all have you all have done Mother's Day well here at New Hops, well, and, and I appreciate that. that. But that's probably a good okay. way to handle any kind of like secular holiday, whether yeah. it be the Fourth yeah. of July or Mother's Day or anything that's not a Christian holiday. You. You don't have to reject it altogether. Gotcha. Um, but y- it can be redeemed. But the redemption of that holiday is not to center your entire Sunday service around right. that holiday. So, like, can you can you make mention of it? Of course. Um, but we're redeeming it by making mention of it to bring it back to the gospel, not to distract so think, from the gospel. So I think that a lot of churches probably, um, older generations, like, are that's something that's more celebrated in older generations of churches. Yeah. I think, and well, I think and they're, they're war generations. I mean, yeah, and, and I think it's just that it, it's something that is considered a tradition. Um, it's one of those church traditions that they don't want to break. Mm-hmm. Um, they see that as a huge sign of honor and respect. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that's, um, I think that's a little, you know, it's. So if you're pastoring a church that does those types of things, I don't think you should come in guns blaze and be like, we're. Taking the American flag out. Shut down Valentine's Day dinner, boys. Yeah, I don't think that you have to (laughs) necessarily be super heavy-handed on those those things. But but I would, by God's grace, try to steer your congregation in a direction where they're more Christ-centered rather than veteran-centered or mother-centered or whatever. You, they can. I I think they can be props to get people back to the gospel. So, for example, if you acknowledge, you know. The you know the uh, Veterans Day, and I know someone who asked me about this because he got some heat from it from 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 his family, but he mentioned and they celebrated veter or Veterans Day, but then said, "Listen, there are people like the the honor that you know the idea that someone died for you that is uh, and so that you could be free is something that's awesome." And then they and then he took it to the gospel and said, "But there's one greater who died for you," and I love that. Like so, like he used it as a prop to get them to the gospel. And I think as as a general rule, I think that's if that's their goal as a church, and I don't I don't see an issue with it. Right. Okay. 
All right. Good mailbag question. Unless it's Halloween, then that's you don't celebrate that one. Mm-mm. I'm totally kidding. I'm kidding. Oh my! Well, <laughs> I know that's a whole other jokes topic. on y'all suckers. The whole other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we're gonna switch it up and get to our topic today. And um, I would like to say that this is gonna be a shorter topic, but um, actually, I think it's gonna be a more lengthy one. So Baker, you're gonna have to tell us to settle it down, okay? Settle down. Settle down. Jeremy, he's talking to you, pal. I'm- Settle it down. All right. So, you ready? Um, So, we're going to talk about losing our religion. Have you all heard that song? It's a great song. R.E.M. I'm losing my religion. That is not how the song goes. Jeremy and I are singing 90s song. Lauren Daigle? Oh, Lauren. No. Yeah, and also at R.E.M. R.E.M. Losing my religion. That's me Me in the the corner. corner. Do, 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 I totally do, forgot that. That's me in the spot. Light. Yeah. Lose. <laughs> yeah, so wait, wait, I thought that's where you were going. You're, then you went this other route. I'm like, I don't know. No, Lauren Daigle. She, who had, why would she have the audacity to have a song called Losing My Religion <laughs> after REM had like a really big hit called that? Have you heard it, Baker? Oh, bless. Baker hasn't even heard it. Okay, so. No one knows what you're talking about. If you're a listener and you understand what Heather's referencing, Bye. let her know. I, I'm gonna stay here and sing it the whole time. I'm angry that Lauren Daigle made a song <laughs> called "Losing My Religion." Uh, okay, so that's me in the corner. All right, that's a great song. Down. I'm gonna listen to that corner. when we're done. I can't believe I forgot that. So when I saw that that the Lauren Daigle song, so I must have just like I think it's on one of my playlists, and I've yeah. heard it recently because I'm not a big Lauren Daigle fan. So. Isn't she a Christian? Why is she singing? She's losing her religion. Is she deconstructing. Um, well, that's a good question. So that's maybe something that we're going to discuss in a few yeah. minutes. So yeah, maybe um, it's. Because huh. I had some thoughts on it. So, okay, okay, can we lose our salvation? No. Next question. <laughs> okay, <laughs> on to the next one. All right, wait, can, can, I want to I play the devil's advocate. <laughs> oh, of course you do. The devil needs no advocate, All right. Mr. <laughs> Barry. All right, so if, okay, so what about all those people who <laughs> they say they love Jesus, they follow Jesus, and then they, um, and then they, they stop, right? They follow the church, like, they, they there were a lot of pastors who spent years teaching the gospel who understood the gospel um and yeah now they're not so understanding the gospel is different than being obedient to the gospel so I like think this also is a, being changed by the gospel is a big part yeah, of it too that's true um so, so a lot of times we see this in our it starts early so we see it a lot in our kids um our our metric for children usually is as baptists because we don't baptize infants we want we want to wait on their baptism until they understand the gospel. Right. Well, I, I don't want to just make sure my kids understand the gospel before our baptism, before their baptism. I want to see that they are obedient to the gospel, um, so that I can actually see evidence of a changed heart. Um, when when Jesus comes back, the Bible says that He will um, release vengeance and wrath on those who do not obey the gospel. Um, the word obedience is used. So, like um, if if you walk away from the faith, you're not being obedient to the gospel, obviously. And that is the fruit that you are currently bearing, which which reveals the true nature of your heart, that you were really never obedient to the gospel in the first place um, because your heart has not been changed. Because Jesus is the one who changes hearts, and if Jesus is the one that changes them, we don't get to trump him and unchange them. And if, and if we don't earn our salvation, uh, which we don't, that means we don't do anything to unearn it. There's nothing that we do that Jesus like kicks us out of his kingdom because it was all taken care of on the cross. And so um, genuine Christians remain Christians and they persevere. 
um, fake Christians are not really Christians, and they do not persevere. So is there is there any biblical text? Because for some people, this may sound as if it's a some sort of catch-22, right? How do we know that you weren't a real Christian? Well, because you stopped believing. And if you're a real Christian, you don't stop believing. So it's see, another good song, by the way. Good journey song. Don't stop do, do, do. believing. So yeah, if if a uh, if that's if that's the case, right? Did you get copyrights of all these songs? And that was really good. We <laughs> nailed that. Right. Um. Do you see what I'm saying? It's all. It's, it seems as if there's a bit of a a little trick you're playing. How, how do we know you're a real believer? Because you never stopped being a believer. But I was a real believer, and I just chose to. No, you weren't actually a real believer, and we know that because you stopped. So is there is there some sort of biblical text that can um, that can su- that can support your theory, Will? I mean, oh, wow. probably. Um, I mean, so we have we have Romans eight, right? I think is a good one. Well, that's okay. Oh, okay. There's a better one. <laughs> Sorry, I was looking it up. Um, the better one, I think, is First John two. Um, so John, in his epistles, uh, writes about um, about those that follow after Antichrist, which, by the way, side note, he never describes as a person, but a power that is alive in the world um, now and as long as the world lasts. Um, but those who follow after Antichrist, um, or that, that power that's antagonistic toward the gospel, he describes him like this. He says, they went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. And so I, I think that's a perfect descriptor um, and probably the best verse to, to prove this point, that there are people in and among the church that, that are with us, but they're not of us. And so when John says that they left the church, he says they went out, but they were not of us. They were not um, really genuinely part of this family with regenerate hearts. And he says, well, if they had been, then they would have continued with us. Okay, so the the verse I was referencing, right, that talks about it's eight chapter 8 of Romans. Romans 8. Yeah, 37 says, No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, that means anything in your life, mm-hmm. nor angels or rulers, nor things present or things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation, which would include you and me, right, uh, will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So this idea we're not we're not separated. I, one time I got this from you, um, but you had said, I think it was you at least, that if Jesus lost sheep, uh, he wouldn't be called the good shepherd. He'd be a, he'd be a crappy shepherd. He's a, he's a horrible <laughs> shepherd. <laughs> Yeah, he's a horrible shepherd kind of if he loses sheep. Yeah. That's yeah. what bad shepherds do. They yeah. misplace sheep. But he's called the good shepherd. Yeah, right. Yeah. So do you do you think that um do you think that any of that can be tied to like being under a bad shepherd of a church? Thinking you lost the, what? Like people walking people away from walking the away church, from their faith. Walking away from the faith. Because they're the, because let's be honest. I should, you know, we shouldn't judge, and we can't judge. I mean, we can give a righteous judgment on whether someone um, has been introduced to the gospel, because you can tell mm-hmm. a change in their heart and in their yeah. life. Um, there are some pastors and preachers out there who truly have not been changed by the gospel, oh, and they're sure. leading churches all around the world. Sure. So, I mean, um, well, I think it's revealing, um, particularly like if if someone leaves a church. Or or church hurt like if yeah. I'm not serving Jesus anymore because this pastor was abusive. Ooh, that's a good one, yeah. Um, 
that's that's that to me is not evidence of someone walking away or losing their salvation be, and blaming it on a pastor rather than they were following a pastor rather than following follow Jesus. Jesus. I, that's good. I yeah. mean, we've, we've been listening to the rise and fall of Mars Hill, that podcast. I had not just, planned to bring that up. I promise. Well, I'm just going to kind of plug, plug okay. that podcast. It's a good, it's a good podcast. Um, it's, it's really well done by Christianity I've, today. I've just and, been listening to it. That's why I mentioned it earlier. But, but, no. but like Mark Driscoll's church, Mars Hill church in Seattle, you know, you see, you see that you see, uh, an abuse of power. You see a lot of sin going on. And Mike Cosper on that, on that podcast, Un- unpacks the the reality that a lot of those people who were part of Mars Hill Church um, are now not living out their faith and, and, and not identifying as Christians. They were following a pastor. Right. And then, so, yeah. yeah. So how do we reconcile that with what the Bible says? Well, uh, the Bible describes salvation as being deeper than, than just one megachurch yeah. pastor. And so if if someone falls from grace, Jesus has not abandoned you. Right. And and if, if you're if you're if you walk away um, then I think I think what what John writes applies that you were of us or you were with us but you were not of us. You know I think I think ooh, um, I think that's um, I think it's very evident. I mean you can see um, you know when when someone walks away from a church. Um, usually, um, hopefully if, if there's, you know, if, um, if they're smart, they'll take time to kind of rest, recoup, but they'll also fairly quickly try to look for a, you know, like a, a local church mm-hmm. to be a part of the body. Um, because you can tell a true change in their hearts and in their lives from the gospel and they know how important that is. So, um, no, I was just thinking, you know, I, I know several pastors too, who have walked away from the church and walked away from their faith. And I honestly, um, I wonder if it's, um, you know, I, I know as adults, we have to take responsibility for our own, our own beliefs and our own reactions and, you know, things, but, but a part of me wonders, you know, if it's not how they were taught, um, you know, they they went into ministry because of how they were taught, and then while in that ministry and in that role as leader, pastor, shepherd, um, they looked to approval of their church and approval of others instead of just um, just looking to the gospel and to God, um, mm-hmm. to Jesus, the example of Jesus. Um, and I, I think that happens way too often. Um, I mean, I, you know, we're all guilty of it. I think I have to check myself all the time before I wreck myself, um, especially when it it in the past when it comes to ministry, I think you're much more, you know, you kind of are more in the spotlight and you can let things get to your head too. So, yeah. Well, and the whole debate centers on when it comes to salvation, is it a work of God or is it a work of me? Right. Um, or a hybrid. Is the, it a work of both of us together? You can and, tell if it's a ministry or a ministry. Ooh, that's, that's Heard good. that on the podcast one time. <laughs> Can't take credit for it. Yeah. It's good though. Um, so we hold, we hold the belief that salvation is all of God. Um, what's called a monergistic view of salvation, which means that God is the one who saves. We don't aid in that salvation. We don't save ourselves, and we don't help God save us. Um, God saves solely by himself. And if God saves solely by himself, if salvation is monergistic, then um, then he is, he is the one who secures it and seals it and holds it. Um, and so it's, And he doesn't fail at that. And so if we believe God is strong and perfect and holy and capable, um, then he saves and he, and he seals us like Ephesians one says until the day of redemption. And that's, that's not something that we can undo. Uh, we are, we are no longer slaves to our sin, but we are slaves to grace. We are slaves to the gospel. We're chained to it, um, by, by love. And so that's, that's where we find ourselves as Christians. Um, 
Like if I, like even if I somehow hypothetically would want to walk away, it's like I I cannot get away from yeah. what I know to be true now. Yeah, I think there's I think um, sometimes people experience burnout and they need to take a step back. Mm-hmm. And and that could be even from the local church that they attend. You know. Um, sure, I could get like super mad at the local church. I could I could get mad at every Christian in my life. All right. those things. Um, but but. When I walk away, if I'm truly a believer, there's going to be a, a fire in my bones, a burning um, from the Holy Spirit that that I can't just walk away from this right, because absolutely. it's it's everlasting. It has everlasting importance, yeah. and so that's going to be present. That's another great song, by the way. Everlasting presence. No, if I'm a believer. If I'm a believer. If I'm a believer. Now, now I'm a believer. Face. Oh, well, okay. I got misconstrued. Now, now I'm, I'm a believer. believer. Yeah, that's Shrek sings that one. Yeah, Not Shrek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that kind of leads us into the next one. So how can you tell if you really are saved? Yeah, so I feel like I get this a lot, right? People ask the question, um, especially like in counseling, you know, and so one thing I If you're concerned do, about it, you're saved. I think it's probably I, so. There's, there's, I think there is a rule, an interesting thing behind that. I heard someone say that once. If you're really concerned, if like, man, I want to be forgiven, am I forgiven? The answer is like, well, the lost, unregenerate, don't worry about that. lost people. Right. Don't sit around wondering like, is God going to accept me? Like, generally, that's something of people who want to be well, accepted so, by God. I think the further we, uh, hopefully, if people are um, having the relationship with. That they that they should, and they're progressing in their faith, and they're growing and maturing in their faith. Well, I, think I mean, that's you. The problem. I I think there, I think sometimes people see a lack of progression, and that's where they go. Well, what's happening? But right. Not the, the, it's it's like they're not. It's as if I, um, if I didn't exercise, if I didn't, if I continued not to exercise, and I I was like, why why am I not getting any more muscles? Why am I not getting stronger? Uh, you know, it, it and well, there's your, there's your answer, right? Because you don't do anything to strengthen that, right? Uh-huh. And so I think there's people who don't are, aren't progressing and growing because they're what they're eating and feeding on isn't nutritious spiritually. It's just junk and garbage. Yeah. Um. But I I also I think that when I ask people, um, you know, one, I, if you have true faith, understand that's from that's from God. That's not from yourself. But even the way you approach sin, like, is there repentance? Um, do you desire not to sin? Does it is not? Are you scared of getting caught and getting in trouble? But like, are you are you ashamed and understand, man? I am I am offending God, and I don't want to do that. That in of itself is not of yourself. Um, and so I think sometimes a good approach on motive and what you desire sometimes can give you a better understanding. Not what you do always. Paul talks about that. I do things I don't want to do. Right. Um, so what are your desires and what are your motives? And I think that can give you a better understanding of, of hey, do I really understand this gospel or not? Yeah, that's good. I think a good test is read the whole book of First John. Yeah. I think it's five chapters. Dude, listen. First John, is a, is a which is what I just read, that says yeah. they went out from us, but they were not of us. Um, it is a good letter um, that the apostle wrote to, to kind of help people see um, and do and do really do like an analysis of their heart. Like, am I really in the faith? And and there are things in there that I that are he's much more harsh on. Mm-hmm. Like when it comes to hey being being with the church, being with your brother. If you if you don't love your brothers and sisters, you You're, don't love Jesus, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. like 
And, yeah. and you can't tell me you love him if you're not going to be with the bride. Right? Yeah, he so. said he says, yeah, John takes a really hard line on this. Yeah, if you're not like actively loving in the in the local expression of the body of Christ, he says you're not a, you're not a Christian. Um, and it, it's it's just that book is so helpful for this issue. Um, yeah. We preach through it, so on our app you can follow along through an exposition of of the book. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. First, we did first, second, and third John. Oh, very nice. Mm-hmm. It's a series called One More Thing, and I don't think I was. You can find that. it on our app, and you I can go back and listen to those if you like, or anywhere you can listen to podcasts. Is that true? Yeah. No, we can't watch them. Well, you don't. No one wants to watch us. Yeah. Uh, or listen to us. For I do. I'm, I'm, I need to go back and watch you from yesterday. <laughs> no, do you? Yeah. Oh, oh no. I was teaching yesterday, so I didn't oh. get to hear the sermon. And Baker didn't have it up at 3 o'clock this morning when I was awake. Good so, job, Baker. You know, I was trying. I was trying. I was like, all right, I guess I'll read my Bible since Baker don't have this. And buy you some earrings. Buy some earrings. <laughs> I didn't today. Okay. I've changed my ways since last week. Um, so I have two more questions just to kind of wrap up the topic. So um, I think Hebrews 6 is a good uh, passage of Scripture. Whoa. Yeah, right there. About to get real in here. I think Hebrews 6 is a good passage of scripture that we could discuss. That kind it's of a tough one. Hebrews 6 is tough. Because oh, Hebrews, 6, Hebrews 6 does kind of indicate someone losing salvation. Can, can I read it? Yeah. Okay. Are you so, going to read all of it? No, not all okay, of thanks. it. Okay, um, thanks. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and a faith toward God and of instruction about washing and laying hand on of hands and the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. If it is impossible, the case of those who have been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift, who have shared in the Holy Spirit, and have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come, and then have fallen away, to restore them again to repentance, since they are crucifying once again the Son of God, to their own harm, holding him up to content. He just held down. I know. It's listen. This is a really interesting passage, um, because it's uncomfortable either way you go. It, it's very uncomfortable. Um, so it's uncomfortable because it, it is either a saying that people can lose their salvation, mm-hmm. or b saying that people who were in the church, um, but not not actually believers, and they leave, that they'll never be saved. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so, th- so, so I, ta- I take the second interpretation. Right. I, I think you. It's hard to say that this is saying people who lose their salvation. When Scripture has clearly stated that, that that's not First John happening. two, right. Romans eight, well, you Ephesians to, one, right. uh, yeah, tons of verses yeah. to show. So you no, think you it's the latter? You know, if there is someone in church and they're not a believer and they walk away from it, then they'll never become a believer. So I, yes, I think I think the indication from the author of Hebrews is that that someone who is not and not just like I went to VBS as a kid and then I right. never right, went back yeah. to church. I, I think the sense of it indicates a heavier involvement in the church and, and it, it would it would bring in my mind like you were talking about heather like like a pastor like yeah. people who are very involved in the church who are who are pretenders who maybe believe in god but they're not truly regenerate born-again christians and then they walk away from that and then say i'm not a christian guys like yeah. the the guy that 
kiss dating goodbye. Or yeah, there's been that, several. Like those those big name pastors yeah. that kind of walk away and say, well, I'm not a Christian so, anymore. Yeah, I yeah. think this is indicating that that they will not, ultimately will not repent and become Christians. Notice it says if they've been enlightened, right? And, and think about what he's just talking about, getting deeper. So, okay, there's people that have been enlightened with mm-hmm. this. They've tasted the heavenly gift. So some people have asked what that means and have shared in the Holy Spirit. Now, some would say, does that mean the Holy Spirit was with them? I don't think that's what I think it means saying. they have they have lived in community where right. they've benefited from the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the enlightenment of the gospel being clear to them day after day after day. Yep. They, they, they've tasted the goodness of the word, right? And and obviously would understand it and the powers right. of the age that come. So they, they understand. And it, and it makes sense because yeah. because someone, it's like someone like that, that pastor um, that I just referenced, like how, how much more gospel presentation does he need? Like yeah. he's not yeah. going to get a gospel track and be like, oh, it makes sense now. You know, Probably, it's, it's just like he's he's away. rejected it. Yeah, yeah. So you have people who have who and now it, what it says understands that that there is a spiritual realm or or understands that there's evil, there's goodness, and yet they they re- rejecting the gospel in full. And that's what's hard is that uh, we we had this issue um, when we were three campuses at one point, and there was a there was a guy who. Who left the church? Um, said it was too clingy. New church history, by the way, is um, more than what, most. There were three campuses. I know, right? If it's just way back in history, oh, way okay. back, yeah. yeah. Um, That's so another th- podcast topic. This is BC church before history. Cooks. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Th- this, but it was it was a uh, he. This guy knew church history like nobody else. He knew he understood the gospel. He understood doctrine. Um, he conver- He became a Muslim. Um, became a Muslim and said, uh, "Oh, that they're too, they're too clingy too." Uh, and when he tried to come back to the church, uh, I remember it was, well, Ryan and I had a conversation, and Ryan said, "What should I do?" And I said, "I, I think Hebrews six is the best way to go about it." And and that's tough because it's like, man, that feels really harsh to be like, yeah. dude, it, it's not happening. Like you, you do not, you re, you've rejected it. You do not believe it, um, and. It's tough to be the person to say you're a Hebrew six person. Uh, that seems really harsh. What I would say is, and uh, trust in the sovereignty of God. Like I have no problem saying because I think in the long run, what ended up happening, he he came back to the church, mm-hmm. and the same thing happened. Right. A, a lot of time and effort was exhausted there, and then he ended up he ended up leaving the faith again. And so I, I think it's a clear guideline. To say, listen, if these are people, you don't have to, not that you, you're not burned in your heart. But you don't you don't need to bur- like the the Lord will handle that right? right so you you can you're free to go minister to people who do not yet understand the gospel. All right. Yeah. So last question, and we're going to try to make it quick, okay? Because Baker's making face at me. Um. So with with that passage and understanding, um. So wouldn't um the the term once saved always saved kind of create a sin happy church? No. Because because the, those who are really saved understand what they're saved from and what they're saved to. Um, so it'll create sin happy people who are who are pretending. And so yeah, when I see people good. who are in habitual sin, I'm like, I'm not sure you're really understanding the gospel. Um, you love this once saved always saved thing, but yeah, you love good. sin also, and there's not a there's not a deep desire to kill sin in your life. Um, but if you're truly saved, um, 
you won't take grace as an opportunity to sin more, but grace as an opportunity to sin less and to thank God by the way that you live in holiness. And so I think, I think you'll just see evidence of people released from a burden and, and like legalism, I think is the opposite. If we tell people, Hey, you're going to hell if you mess up now, even though you're born again, if you screw up too bad, you have to get saved again or rededicate even or whatever. I think that creates an unhealthy pattern of placing a burden on people that Jesus never intended. He said his burden is light. Um, all of our sin was taken care of at the cross and that frees me up to do good works and to abstain from sin and actually live in the freedom of the gospel. Yeah, Romans uh, 6, right? What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. How can we find? How can we who died to sin still live in it, right? And it talks about we've been raised to walk in the newness of life, right? So this and that. So yeah, anyways, I, I think, you know, I think obviously, like you said, for those who understand the grace that they're under, right? They, there's, I'm going to live um, in thankfulness and in gratitude of my salvation, Awesome. All right. So that we will uh, call that a wrap on uh, our episode on religion and salvation today. So um, if you have any questions about the the topic of uh, the episode, you can submit those through the um, through a church app through. Um, I think there's a questions or something. I don't know. Anyway, you can go through there. Tell one, text one of the pastors if you need their number. Call me and I'll give it to you. Um, Baker's also available. I didn't store his number, but um, he usually I can get it off Jeremy. So um, you know what? There's a song called Closing Time. Closing. Oh, I've been that's watching Office. Ready? Yeah, that's what time it is right is that now. What we're closing time, do? and we're about to hear Heather's closing. Ready? Yeah. I know who I want to take me home closing time <laughs> thanks for listening guys <laughs> why do you if you wouldn't say anything i would do just fine but you say something every weekend it throws me off yeah,